Secrets to Real Estate Investing, Episode 24. Welcome to the Secrets to Real Estate Investing podcast by House Flip Masters, where you will learn powerful strategies from top experts in real estate investing, and you will find valuable information to take your investments to the next level. Now, here's your host and expert real estate investor, Holly McCann. Well, hello, and welcome to another exciting episode of Secrets to Real Estate Investing by House Flip Masters. And we have a really exciting, unique visitor and show today. It is just going to blow your mind. We have a really great guest named Don Gilmartin with APRIS Restoration Company, and he is going to speak to us today about what to do in case of fire, flood, or the more um, unpalatable thing that some people experience. I myself have had three deaths in houses in my flipping career in 200 houses, and we need to know what to do about that. And Don's company has full restoration for any of those things, and with his construction background, it makes him all the better at his job. So with that, welcome Don to our podcast today. Great, glad to be here, thank you so much. Well, first, why don't you give us a little bit of your kind of personal career background, how you got to where you are, and some background about your company. Sure, sure, great, thanks. We, um, we primarily are, are, are just all focused around real estate and construction in, in the most general sense. Everybody knows what construction is, everybody knows what building homes and tracts of homes and, and uh, shopping centers, commercial buildings, everybody knows what that is. Everybody knows what real estate is, how to move it, how to sell it. A lot of what goes on is pretty much nationally or globally understood. When you start to incorporate remediation and or restoration, I like to tell people it's just the business of restoring, sometimes deconstructing and then reconstructing all over again. So, you know, you kind of mix that all in with real estate, flipping, investing, what probably is the most interesting part about restoration is that many, many house flippers, because I, we, we've done that too as well, you'll go in and you'll buy a deteriorated, dilapidated piece of property and you'll just sort of dig in and get there and just sort of fix it. You come across where there was a flood before in the past or, you, you know, uh, a lot of the, you know, wood members when you're going into framing and, and, um, you know, kind of opening up drywall, you'll see that there was damage. You'll just, or, or termite damage or whatever have you. You'll just dig in and you'll just get the work done, just get it repaired. What a lot of people that sort of play around in real estate and or construction don't know is that that whole event that deteriorated the property, that's a, that's a serious event that had an effect on the property, as you well, as you well know. But those kinds of events are typically covered under insurance. And that's a whole separate industry that has developed our whole entire business. And that's the business of restoration. Um, we are primarily all now no longer, you know, strictly construction. We are basically and primarily a, a restoration contractor. Um, does that pretty much kind of cover for you where? Yeah, it does. And I think people will get a better feel too as we go into some of some real life stories that you can share with us. So why don't we start out with um, 
with a story about fire, what you encountered, how you repaired it, and maybe also for some of the people that aren't local to Southern California that don't get the honor of working with you, what they need to look for in hiring someone to help them with fire restoration. Because I know I've bought some fire damaged houses and it is hard to get the smell out. We didn't know what to do. We're Googling it and my contractor's just trying different stuff. So it's not as easy to solve. The smell is so hard to get rid of. So talk to us about a story about fire and how we solve it. Absolutely. Well, you know, fire, as we all know anyway, is really devastating, which is, which in itself creates a great opportunity for anybody invest in real estate because it's so devastating and it's so severely damaged usually that what the way we look at fire and fire damage is that it's all about the framing. It's all about how it, how it impacted the structure. What um, I found the most interesting part of fire damage is that when it gets too severe, it actually even affects or impacts the foundation. Now, I don't know if you've ever experienced this in any of your flipping with fire, but fire will destroy a foundation. Wow. If it's just a stem wall, obviously if it's a stem wall or a raised foundation and it's all done with floor joists, you know, that's deteriorated because it's wood, but, but a concrete foundation, when the temperature starts to impact the steel and the rebar and the mesh inside of it, that foundation needs to be destroyed as well. Wow. I had no idea of that. Yeah. A lot of people just think, um, you know, you see these fires. I mean, certainly California has experienced so much of it within this last year. Certainly, you know, here it just kind of El Nino swept the nation and it's just hit a lot of different states. But no matter what, when it really damages a concrete foundation, that foundation needs to be destroyed. You don't get to just build right back on top of it again. Wow. Uh, it's, and that's, that's a real, real clear, it's got to be tested. And when it really gets that bad, it, has, it has, just has to be just demoed and started all over. So you build the ground up. When it comes to smoke damage, that's another whole separate part of the problem usually you don't get rid of it and typically what happens is when there's been fire damage even in say you know out of a 2,000 square foot home maybe only 400 500 square feet of it usually that entire home needs to be completely re, re drywalled mm. so you almost always can't get the smell out it's, it's really really tough and it does permeate and it even goes into a foundation as well so a lot of times it's hard. Now, when you have a small bit of damage, you can you can seal it and you can seal your drywall with a kills product. Sometimes it masks it, sometimes it doesn't. So a lot of it is still when you when you get into fire damage property, it's reframing and you're literally tearing back until you get to the strong full members again. And what we've always done is we've always made sure that we bring an engineer in. Because you bring an engineer, yeah, an engineer will bring you back to the strongest members where you can tie it back in and reframe all over again. And um, for those of us um, that might be beginners, you keep using the word member. What is a member for someone who's a beginner? Yeah, a member. I'm basically just talking about framing. You know, any 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 structural framing material, two by fours, two by sixes, whatever, even if it's steel. That's basically a member. It's just part. It's just a term used for anything that has to do with structure. Okay, great. So that's, okay, that's so do you have much. any stories about um, a fire that you could share with us? You know, when we've now kind of transitioned from from really just contractors that build to restoration, all our stories are about the same thing. They're about the human element and restoring not only the property but restoring lives. And the best story that I have is a little over a year ago. 
we got we had a call um, we, to come out and board up a fire, and you know we no matter what calls we we get, we're always kind of watching for the stories of life and what people are going through. In this particular case, they had lost a puppy in in this fire, and it was a it was a total loss. There was nothing that could be restored. Restored. Um, we had to end up boarding up what still was standing just to protect the property, and we had to fence it off. We're about protection first when we go out to a scene. But the coolest thing about this was the way the community came together. This family didn't, and unfortunately, didn't have insurance. They had not paid their insurance. There was such an outpour in community that it was that part, I think, was probably the most amazing part of the story. Ultimately, what happened, it wasn't a mobile home park, and this was a deluxe mobile home park with really beautiful real estate. Um, and the community came together and gave them a brand new unit. Oh, wow. That's and neat. Those are, I think those are the stories that actually impact us more than anything is we went out and ultimately because we knew it was a total loss, we did what we did. We protected the environment, I mean, the, the, the initial, you know, their initial space and boarded up the building where we could before it was, you know, dem completely demolished. And we just, we just said, there's no charge. We're just going to take care of this for you because we just knew they had lost an animal. The little girl was upset. We just did what we could to kind of protect him. And then we started joining the community and rallying support for these people. Before too long, the coolest thing that came of it was they ended up a month and a half later in a brand new home, mobile home. But it was beautiful. Awesome. Brand new, brand new home. So I think those are, and really I have to tell you, all of our stories kind of are evolving around the same element. It's the human element and how it brings back not only about the value of the property itself. Um, so that's that's probably the best fire story that I have to deal with. Wow, that's the a good water, idea. The water, the water stories get kind of fun, um, but everything we do is really focused about restoring property and then certainly lives. People well, let's dive into water. Tell us about, I mean, I'll, I'll share one of my water stories. We purchased a home in Laguna Beach in the canyon and the house had been flooded up to three feet high. You could see the watermark throughout the entire house. So it backed up to the creek or whatever you call it that floods the closed down Laguna Canyon. Sure. And so we had to cut the drywall out at that three foot level just above it, re-drywall it. And I mean, that was the main thing with the water. That one wasn't super bad, but obviously the home was not financeable. So the seller could not sell it, which was a bank as an REO. They couldn't sell it to a regular person getting a regular bank loan because you can't get a loan on that. It's gotta be a cash buyer, an investor. Sure. Sure. So sure. that's what we had to do. And then we had to test for mold and then prove that, you know, that mold remediation, you know, had been taken care of. Another yeah. But yeah. Tell me about um, a water store you've seen. Some, some of them were water really hurt a house and how, what you did to restore it. Sure. Well, let me, let me tell you, first of all, kind of the overall about everything, whether it's water, fire or trauma, um, uh, our kind of our overall motto and what we sort of, you know, management owners top down push through every part of our employee staff management is I don't care what size the damage. If somebody is standing in, you know, uh, just a little bit of water, uh, you know, quarter of an inch of water in a home or three feet or you've got a full blown crime scene that's damaging property or fire. Certainly our compassion goes at 
every level the same. These, it's a disaster for you no matter what, whether you're in three feet of water or whether you're just in a quarter of an inch. It's a disaster for you. It's property. It's being damaged. And the human element, the, what it does to your life in those moments is horrific. So even if you step in and you're going to buy a home, an REO in that particular case, and it is got to be repaired, there are certain parts of this restoration that you need to know about. And it's really critical, especially here. I don't know about the rest of the nation as much, but I, I still read it in our trade publications about restoration. Um, we have to test for asbestos. We have to test for lead. And we cannot touch a property to come in and restore it, especially in the case of water or, well, any of them for that matter, until it's been tested first. And if it comes back that it has a, a certain level of asbestos or lead in it, we're not allowed to remediate that or remove that drywall. Mm. Often, I've seen plenty of other people that flip that don't know this, and they'll go out and they'll remove drywall and they'll just be taken away. Well, whatever they do, they do. But we as licensed restoration contractors, we're not allowed to touch property pre-1985 unless it's been tested. Then if it comes back and is, in fact, what's considered the term is hot, it has to be removed by specialists. <laughs> what is probably the next big buzzword is mold. And in your case, you know, a, a seller is going to want to know, or I mean, disclose to buyers that mold was in fact found and they're remediated properly by a license, typically by a licensed uh, mold specialist. That's what we do. But what's probably the biggest thing that we always try to teach people about other issues, don't panic over it. Because mold is really just a natural element of water and it, and it just, you know, as we all know, it will just eat onto any building material, some worse than others. So you just want to make sure that, you know, it is got to be disclosed, but don't panic over it. And that's kind of that's kind of the biggest, the hardest message to get out to people. So when we show up at a story or an event or a claim where, you know, you've got some of this issue, automatically everybody's buzzword is mold. I'm going to have mold. <laughs> You know, mold can be funny. Mold can be something that's been long-term or it can really strike within a couple of days. You know, heat is right. And certainly in California, we see that a lot. Um, then I, I tell you what, one of the greatest stories that I have, that I have in terms of mold, wa water, was um, a vacation rental, a vacation home um, up in the mountains here in Big Bear. And this lady and her husband built this home back in the 60s themselves, a beautiful cabin overlooking the lake. Um, it was original, hadn't been touched, and they had, they had uh, one of the biggest problems in when water is the refrigerator supply line. So they shut off the water, but there was residual water in the refrigerator supply line. Well, she left for the winter, and when they came back, all of the water that was in the line had loaded up the house. It was that much water. Wow. The house had grass growing in the carpet. Yeah. It was wild. <laughs> it, it, it had it had mushrooms growing in the windows. It had it was just it it was amazing. I it was just like wow, this is this whole house was a petri dish. What was really cool was we took we took and we, we created the estimate and the adjuster agreed to it for remediating the mold and repairing the home. We were able to completely go beyond the scope of what was damaged for the same insurance scope of financially, you know, agreed to. 
we were able to completely renovate the entire home for her, and this thing looked brand new. We didn't go outside of the scope that they gave us. We stayed within the budget, and we were still able to go and do a major renovation on this thing. And it was just so wonderful to see this lady that, you know, she had the memories of her and her husband building it and her family, and now she's got this home, and it's completely restored. He's gone. He had passed away. She was in her 80s. But to see her just get so excited over this complete renovation of the whole entire property, when it was done, it was like an HGTV makeover. We were even able to take it and even do, redo her furnishings for her as well. So it was a, it was a real, that was a real fun one. It was nice to see that. Just to give someone an idea, because I have no idea, what does something like that typically cost? Like, what's a range? Yeah, that was just the whole entire thing. By the time it was done, I think it was somewhere around thirty. It was around thirty-eight thousand. Okay. The whole thing was done, and that was that was mold remediation and and everything. But we, you know, we could have saved part of the bricks on the fireplace instead. We just, you know, skinned over them, gave them all this modern. It was a great looking place. By the time it was done. Really nice. Sounds like cool. it. Yeah. Really cool. Okay. And before we go on to our last segment, there's, um, I mean, this is a, a great example when the home was vacant. A lot of real estate investors will have vacant properties. Um, maybe they're rentals in between tenants. Maybe they get a tenant out, they evicted, and they're just like, oh my gosh, I'm so sick of dealing with tenants. I'm just going to let the house sit there for a while. That's better than, you know, having bad people in it. But what is something that um, could impact someone? Like I'm remembering from when I heard you speak, you talked about slow leaks and what a slow leak can do maybe under the kitchen sink or in a bathroom and how much damage that can cause. And is that something that insurance can cover or not cover? And how do you best get it covered? Because that's something definitely I think that would. Sure, 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 sure. Well, you know, the fact that you in, in a situation and every every water loss is different. Um, I I am not you know against insurance companies by any means. We all need them, but we have to understand that insurance companies are in the business. I, I sometimes say this and I, and I mean this very loosely, but they're kind of in the business of saying no. They're there to the insurance agents are always there to try to help their clients. I see that over and over again. But these are, these are corporations, and they're in there for a profit. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and many, many times, I have to tell you, we'll submit a claim for X amount of dollars, and we'll have to kind of go back and forth and kind of duke it out a little bit with the adjusters to hit that level where they're accepting it. They're in the business of making a profit. So how you prepare an estimate and give it to an insurance carrier, you got to be very careful. You really need to have a company that knows how to present it in a way that it isn't considered long-term damage. That you know, mm. as an as an investor of property, you let it sit. You didn't check. Um, I actually, you know, have some some property myself here and around where you and I live. And what what I do with my investment properties, I make sure that that I am in there at least twice a year, typically three times a year. And I'll use the excuse that I have to check on batteries, um, you know, that kind of thing for your smoke detectors. You need to be able to stay on top of your property. And you try, I've educated my tenants to say, watch for water. We have this issue in Southern California with failing pipes. It's, they're deteriorating. As a matter of fact, I just got a call last week between you and I speaking that I ended up having in one of my homes, I had a water leak. Oh. 
Yeah. And I had, fortunately, I mean, I know of a company that can remediate it. We started drying it immediately and got it taken care of. But, but I educated my tenants. Please watch for this. But I think that's, you know, that's our responsibility as property owners to really watch for that kind of stuff because an insurance carrier can very quickly say that was long-term damage. Um, if you have a legitimate reason that that property sat vacant, you either didn't want to keep it on the market or it's a vacation rental, you can say that to your adjuster and whether they say it's long-term damage or not, you can fight that and say, no, I, I had this property vacant for a reason and this is my reason and you still have to cover it just because I didn't go into the property every single day. So, but really a good restoration company will fight for you. They will be your advocate. That's one of the, the things that we do, no matter what level of claim it is, we fight for our clients and we get those claims turned over where they might otherwise be denied. Wow, what a great value that you add. I mean, another thing is I just thought of it. Someone could be living in a home and have a bathroom that they don't use. And sure enough, there's water leaking under the sink or somewhere and they never go in there and then they, they could find something. Mm -hmm. I even had tenants. It's so funny that tenants think this way, but they do. They don't think of it from the owner's perspective. They think if I tell my landlord that there's a leak, they're going to raise the rent on me. So I had some tenants not tell me that there was a leak under the kitchen sink for months. Who knows? Maybe it was years. The whole bottom had rotted out. We had to replace all the cabinetry and everything. It was so much. And I told them, I promise that's not going to make me raise the rent on you, but you just cost me so much money, you know, maybe a thousand bucks because you didn't tell me. You've got to tell me. So now I make sure I go over that when I do new leases to say, tell me as soon as you know of anything that needs repair because it's so much more expensive to let it go. The other thing too, I, as a matter of fact, with these tenants that I, that I you know, have right now in, in one of my homes, I said, please, whatever you do, make sure that you get tenant insurance as well. It's so, so inexpensive. And this one said, well, really, I don't want to do that. I said, I'll tell you what, I'll pay for it. So I ended up saying, listen, get your insurance, I'll write you a check for it, and I'll get it active for you. So you will make sure that in the event I have a water damage claim in my home, it's called ALE, that your ALE is covered, which allows them to move into another unit or move into a, a motel, stay there while the water's being you know, mitigated and all the damage is being done. Fortunately, the, in this last one, I, it, was, it was so quick, they called me that you know, as soon as they saw it, we got on it. But I mean, that was another thing that I, I, you know, I learned from so many, so many years of managing property. You know, these people are in your home helping you make that payment. Take right. care of, help them out sometimes too. If they don't want to pay for it, you pay for it. Makes a makes a happy tenant too as well. And then they will in turn watch your property for you by just that simple gesture. Especially in an older home, I'm sure a lot of your problems that you solve are in older homes, not in homes that are 10 or 20 years old, but it's those older homes that we investors are buying and turning into rental properties because sure. the numbers make sense, but then your risk for plumbing issues and other things goes up. Well, um, yeah, here's, an, here's another issue real quickly to, to watch as, a, as a, a flipper in an older home is the minute you go into an older home and then you have to transition some of that older pipe into new pipe because certainly you want the nice, beautiful fixtures on the, you know, all the surfaces, right? But down below, you've got the old, it's still safe. Sometimes those joints can cause a lot of movement and create you water damage that maybe is a couple of months after you've just restored this beautiful, you know, all this beautiful stuff and now you've moved wow. 
So it's something to think about as well. Yeah. yeah, one thing we always do is we tell our guys to go in and change all the angle stops as soon as we take possession of the house. What's an angle stop cost? A couple bucks? Big, you're right. Little time, but I mean, we've seen other people and occasionally if they have it done in time and we get a leak or a problem, it's just not worth it. It's such... Well, and your carrier likes to see that too, because it also looks, if an adjuster goes out there and he sees the angle stops are replaced, he's looking going, well, I can't hang them here. They, they, they did it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. A good part of it. So making you look good. Well, let's get into the most, in my opinion, the most interesting part of your business. Mm -hmm. It's of course very sad and tragic, but you provide a very helpful service to people. So tell us about your trauma scene restoration and service that you provide and um, and maybe a story about that. Sure. I, one of the greatest stories that I have is as you, you know, as you as your years in whether you're, you know, in construction or real estate, you you have built years of of resources. And if a client says, "Geez, I'm I'm moving and I'm moving into this new neighborhood," you know, where should I eat? I mean, you have those resources, schools. I mean, all that kind of stuff. Well, as a restoration contractor, um, and certainly a, a contractor that helps restore lives when there's been trauma, we're beyond just where might a good restaurant be to go eat when you need to get away from the home. We're watching out for a number of things and probably the best thing that we can do is offer services that transition them in their life where they wouldn't normally be able to normally handle it because their minds are just not there. Um, the scenes we see are horrific. Um, I'm not gonna get graphic, I never do get graphic with it because the mind will just tell you what, what I see. But, the most beautiful part of it is again seeing the property be restored and people start to be able to smile again after a horrible event. One of the best stories I have is the story of a client who called us and you know agencies, first responders and whatnot, they can't always refer a, a, a one particular company, you gotta be careful about that. So in this particular case, we were the third call and the primary call was and he was a son who had no siblings or aunts or uncles. And he found, he found his father in the home um, about 15 days after the father committed suicide. And this home was, was deaf. It was a newer home too. It was a beautiful home. Um, and the damage was immense that was done inside the home. But the kid had nowhere to turn, and he didn't have the financial resources. The father had stopped making payments. The home was in foreclosure, stopped making insurance payments. He had no insurance. And this kid was just, I don't know what I'm going to do. So the first company he calls, they were going to give him a bill. And he says, I'm not going to accept a bill for my father's, what my father's done to his life. I don't want it. Second company was very similar. We'll set you up with a payment plan. Kid says, no, I don't want that. An official said, call this guy, you know, Don, he and his partner, Kurt, will manage this in a way you wouldn't believe it. So he calls me. He says, what's it going to cost? It's the number one, the house is in foreclosure. Don't worry about it. We'll take care of it. It's not gonna, you're not, we're not going to talk costs. Let's just get this out of your life. When I met him at the field, he says, just do me a favor. Please just get this picture of my mother in this location and get her wedding rings in that location. But obviously, he, couldn't, he said, when your guys are suited, they're going to take this out. So we did we're talking months later and ultimately what happened was the resources I keep talking about resources our resources not only built the home back and restored it we found within short order the ability to get ourselves paid we found the insurance that he didn't even know existed through the lender and we also 
turned him on to a probate attorney who paid up the mortgage and brought the house through the probate process. This kid now ends up with a quarter of a million dollars in his parents' estate where he normally was just going to walk away with a photo of his mom. That's the difference between our restoration service and our crime scene and trauma scene cleanup versus, you know, others that we know or hear of out there. It's our resources to be able to rebuild these lives. I've got plenty of stories like this over and over again that probably are more abounding from trauma just because the volume of what trauma does to a life in general beyond the real estate allows us to be able to bring these resources of 25 years together and bring it to the mat where we can take care of people. Primarily, it's because we know the business of insurance and how to work with the insurance agencies. And that I have to give credit, 100% of the credit to my business partner because he's phenomenal at it. Plus, you know, the, the, the construction background and how he knows how to be able to do what he does with it. But um, I think that's probably the most rewarding part of it is just being able to bring those resources to people, whether you're a real estate agent and you're flipping a home, you know the neighborhood, you got to know the neighborhood or the neighbors, introducing them. You know, the whole part of real estate in general can just be really rewarding when you have that many resources. So Absolutely. That's I, uh, I, I love being a well-connected, well-networked person because I love to talk to people. I mean, heck, I couldn't wait to run up and talk to you after I heard your your speech at our local realty board and the service you provide. I love to collect contacts. We don't use the term Rolodex so much anymore, but now that I know you, oh, I hope I never have to call you for a trauma scene, but now I know the number one best guy that I'm going to call. Because not only do you, I know, do excellent construction work, but that you restore lives and you know how to work with the insurance companies, which many companies do not. That's a huge factor. Right. Right. I'm glad you realized that because that is, that's probably our strongest, our strongest. I mean, we've got big giant hearts anyway, no matter what. We're just, we're just a bunch of big hearted people in this company. Everybody's got a, a compassion to just make this thing grow great and take care of people. It's really cool. But to just have resources, I think is probably what real estate in general is all about. Whether you're, you know, a lender or whether you're a real estate agent or your contractor, it's quality services and how you can take that into your network and use it. Yeah. Well, hey, tell me what someone should be concerned about. If I'm looking at buying a house to flip and I know that there was a death in the house, do I need to be concerned about that? I mean, of course, I'm always asking, well, what kind of death? Was it a violent death? And is there any way that I can know whether it was kind of properly cleaned up or not? I mean, yeah, that's, that's, that can be tough. Um, some of the most obvious is it's obvious, but yet a home inspector, as you well know, is not going to go ripping carpet up. Mm. Those are probably the stories I hear more than anything else is, and I hear it mostly like in rental stories, horror stories where, um, you know, a, a landlord just tried to cover it up and literally just. Are you there? I'm here. We just had a little moment of loss. Though. So when the landlord tries to cover it up and what? And then ultimately it's discovered by a tenant and it wasn't disclosed. That's when it's bad. Um, in a case of one we had just last week. 
it was a, a pretty, it was pretty, a lot had to be rebuilt. It was a decomposition on a staircase. The staircase, about 90% of it needed to be rebuilt. However, to try to save the landlord, you know, money from having to rebuild the entire staircase, some of the main members, like that word now, right? So the main supporting, you know, structure, we were able to save. It didn't have as much biomaterial in it. So we were able to dehumidify it and dry it out and seal it, shellac it in, if you will. Mm. So it's there and it will be there. But the risers and the treads in the staircase were all brand new. And then okay. certainly new padding, new stair, you know, all the rest of that, new drywall around it, all of that was, you know, we were able to rebuild. But we saved, you know, the costly part of it, not to have to redo it, to save them money. I mean, they are a landlord, so they're looking to always keep this profitable. Um, it's really about honesty and disclosure. You just, our approach is always the same. We just say, you've got to disclose. And as long as you really have documentation, we're really great with that. We photo document from the moment we see a scene all the way through, mm. whether it's water, fire, or otherwise. Because we're, we're always presenting to a, an insurance carrier. But I think people understand that things happen. And in real estate, as long as you disclose and you side with truth, show your before and after pictures. Take really great pictures before and take really great pictures after. And anything that you can document, you know, you do. And you know, disclosure law is everything in real estate. You have to tell them. Um, but to hear the stories where people were not told and they find out afterwards, it's just, it's just bad business. Yeah. You try to surround yourself with people that are just honest. So when you go to sell a piece of property, know ahead of time before you buy it, you're going to have a story that you're going to have to tell. And are you willing to pay the price as an investor for that home, knowing the risk of having to tell the real true story to be able to sell that home successfully? Um, do we have time? I can tell you another quick one about how I've improved value. Yeah. Okay, so I had a I had a, a trauma scene, and um, it had hardwood floors throughout the whole entire home, uh, raised foundation, and it was in the living room, and the floors were from the 60s, and we were able to we had to remove a portion of the um, skin of the floors, and then remove we didn't have to remove the um, the joists the floor joists the main supports, but we did have to remove a little bit of the um, uh, the subfloor. And in doing so, when it came time to rebuild it, the whole house had to be completely moved out because we had to sand the floors throughout the whole entire house to make it match. So we, we patched in, we matched in the floors, we restained the whole entire thing, resealed, we had to move them out, move them back in. But the beauty of it is in a, in a case like that where you've got two doors down another house for sale and then this house is sitting there and they know there was a death in it, the sale fell through. Oh. Because people were scared. It was just kind of like, here, what's this neighborhood? And there's this kind of, you know, I, no, I don't want to be. It was actually next door. I've actually seen, you know, to the same story, I've seen fires where, you know, you have a fire that's devastated at home. Well, what does that do to the home right next door? So what I did was I actually went to the next door neighbor, the seller, and I said, listen, this is what we're going to do to make the, the neighbors sort of overlook any of this and kind of this bad story of what happened in this house. So we went and we landscaped it for them. Aww. We gave all the extra curb appeal to this home. So along with the disclosures, you got someone walking up to this beautifully landscaped home that's going above and beyond. Wow. 
now you've now you've got a neighborhood that really has this pretty looking house and it's told ahead of time real estate just said, i have to tell you but the people wanted it because it's just so beautiful and the interior the floors were completely redone so you were able to overlook it because they knew ahead of time and it was just it was gone it was not a crime scene a man just passed away in the home you know so you've got to try to just you know massage the way through it even sometimes with the neighborhood it's not always just about right. the, home, the home itself and, and how it affects value. So I'm ignorant when it comes to the biohazard effects of death, but it sounds like if a body is laying on wood and it's decomposing, that at, you've been alluded to with the stairs and this hardwood floor, that it can go deep beyond the surface and need some additional attention. Including, so, con including concrete. Including concrete even. Wow. Within, within hours. Of, oh my gosh. Within hours of, you know, fluids. It, it can even get in under grout, under tile, very, very quickly, within hours. Three, four hours. It's there. It's already there. And we disclose that when we, when we go on to a scene. Um, when it comes to the simplest and easiest way without being too graphic is that I have found in our training, I learned this really quickly, um, that we are soup within a matter of three days. Wow. Water. We really are. I mean, everybody here is, you know, we're, what, 75% salt water. I mean, you hear that fun thing all through, all through school. We really are. Okay. And Within, within 15, 20 minutes of somebody passing, that process starts. Within three days, we're really close. It's very impactful then. Okay, it so probably some good advice to investors, landlords that have deaths in their houses or flippers, that you need to probably hire a professional and learn what the extent of the damage is, properly remediate, document as best you can with photos probably with invoices and whatever you offer to your clients to be able to resell eventually to properly disclose everything of what happened and what you did to re remediate it then absolutely it's probably just like mold or any it just consider it the same as mold you need to make sure that you document as much as you possibly can the before and after of it and you know what um, I, I often say this, we're, con we're consultants as well. We're not always going to be hired. You know, simple right. emails um, or, you know, if we're local, we can actually come out and inspect a property. And we'll give you an analysis ahead of time. We'll tell you what to watch for and what to look for and how to help you. That's awesome. Well, as we wrap up here, please tell our listening audience what areas you serve, how far and why do you go in Southern California, and your website, the best way for people to find you and reach you. Sure, sure. We, um, we're, we're based in Southern California. Our office is based out of the city, uh, Corona, which is right on the Orange County border. Um, we reach just about to L.A. We don't go all into L.A. It's a rather large market. We do service in all of San Bernardino County, Riverside County, and go just about to North San Diego County. All 100% of Orange County we do. So we will service any of those areas. Um, we can be easily reached, info at apris.me, it's A-P-R-I-S dot M-E. Our website is www.apris.me. Um, we 
we like to consult. We really like to consult people. So whether you're in California or not, a lot of it is pretty much the same pretty much everywhere you go. So you can always, if you go to info at apris.me, typically I'm going to grab that email and I'm going to answer with you anyway. Um, that pretty much, you know, covers it. We are an 800, you know, uh, well, it's actually an 844 number. You'll find it on our website. Go ahead and give us the number. What's the number? Sure. You know what? I don't, I really don't remember it. Oh. Often enough. We'll have it in our <laughs> show notes. It's okay. We'll have it in the show notes. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Um, what's, what's beautiful about it, though, is that we can, we can be reached 24-7. We're, we're live voices. Um, and no matter what, you're always going to get somebody from the company that's going to answer questions for you. So anybody who has any kinds of questions whatsoever, um, as I mentioned, when I saw, when I spoke with you guys, many times we'll go out to a site and just help real estate agents assess what damages are and, you know, what might be the best alternative to mitigating those damages or, you know, a lot, and a, a couple of times even been out within the last year and there's where the people thought they had moisture in a problem. They didn't. So oh, wow. We're really here to help and at least give you and or your buyers a little bit of an extra good feeling of what they really have so they know. Let the buyer beware, right? Yes, yes. Well, thank you so much. You have been highly educational and I love the heartwarming stories where you've not only restored properties but restored lives. That's really wonderful. You provide a great service and I can tell you get a lot of fulfillment out of what you do as Absolutely. do many of us real estate investors making things better when we found them like I learned in Girl Scouts. <laughs> <laughs> well, with that, thank you for your time Don. We really appreciate you being here. Thanks again. It was good to be here. Let me know if you need me again. If you found value in today's episode, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review our show. You can find our show notes at our website, houseflipmasters.com, on the podcast page. Also, to get our top tips for finding deals without spending lots of money, go to houseflipmasters.com for your free download today.